Well, good morning, folks. This is a bit different today. We are beaming out from the rectory. Uh, I'm in one room, Louise is in another room. And the reason we're doing this on Zoom is it highlights our tech deficiencies uh, because we, we couldn't find a better way to record us both talking this morning. Um, and so, how you doing, Lou? Good, really good, thanks. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. We do normally try and sit in the same room when we're interacting, um, but um, we, uh, we're going to try and go for it uh, this morning. And a week ago, I was uh, taking us back to our call as a church towards 2033, our vision to see as much of God's kingdom becoming a reality here where we live in our lives, our church and right across the area. Um, as Jesus in his kindness will release to us. Uh, so that's what we did last week. Lou, why don't you tell us what we're up to today? Yeah, so today, we and over the next month or so really, we're going to be thinking about what are our values as a church, as a church community? What are the things that we value as characteristics or within our church body? What are the things that we really want to take hold of um, as we are journeying towards 2033. So the values for us as Chanctonbury Church are number one, all glory to God. Number two, heaven is here. Number three, revival starts with me. Number four, people are precious. Number five, to the ends of the earth. So that is what our teaching series is going to be on in the next couple of months but today we are going to be starting with revival starts with me revival starts with me and uh, this morning we want to talk about that value and we're going to weave in various scriptures rather than working through a specific passage of the bible uh but what what does that even mean you know revival what are we talking about and uh, I think when we say revival, what Lou and I are meaning, what the rest of the team are meaning, is the trajectory right through the Bible from Genesis 3, when the world fell from all God intended it to be, that ever since then, God has been seeking to restore and bring back to life, literally revive uh, humanity to its original design and call which is to know and love and worship God and to live out his beautiful ways, which we call his kingdom here on the earth in partnership with him before Jesus returns at the end of the age. Um, so, you know, Jesus is the most wonderful, perfect, glorious, splendid example of this as the son of God, but also as the son of man coming to reveal to us what humanity really should have looked like and can look like. And then we might look at what, what does revival look like? It looks like how the first disciples who became the apostles, who, as God poured out his spirit on them, ignited the first church and the first Christians through the book of Acts and into the epistles that we find today in the scriptures, really just seeking to become that type of person, that type of Christian, that type of church affecting in that type of way the communities and land around us. Yeah. Revival starts with me. So where are we going to go, Lee? I think um, just on that, I think how I like to think about revival as well is that all of who I am 
all of everything I do, everything I lay my hands on, where I live, the schools, the community, the businesses, that people around me can see God in it because it's about making sure that he is on the throne of everything that we do. He is first in everything that we do and that his fingerprints are visible in our lives and in everything we put our hand to. So I think that's how I like to look at it. And I think also the reason why we wanna start with revival starts with me is if you look at our 2033 vision, it's all about uh, you know uh, us having healing homes, us seeing unity, us, you know, it could be about doing, but first and foremost, before we do anything in our lives, it's all about our relationship with the Lord. And so I think that's why we want to start here, because us and our love of Jesus and our walk with him is the most important thing in our life. And what we do then comes secondary. And I think as a church, that is what we want to value that what we do is the overflow of our relationship with the Lord. And that comes first and foremost. So good. And, and, it, and it's thrilling. It's so exciting because when you actually look at the life of Jesus and what it was like for the first Christians, it just makes us think, oh my goodness, there's so much more to God, so much more for him to reveal, so much more for him to show us of his character and his nature his loving kindness, his glory, his splendor, his majesty, his power, his mercy. Um, and, uh, and, and so, Lou, applying that to our lives, where, where, what do we want to say this morning about where we should start? Revival starts with me. What does that mean, first and foremost? I think, first and foremost, it's about loving God loving Jesus, just knowing him, spending time with him, just uh, may our lives become so intertwined with who Jesus is that it, um, you know, we love him so much, we're spending time with him just out of our desire, not out of a striving, we must do this, we must do that, but just out of a longing, the desire of our heart is just to be with Jesus to love him, to know more of his character, to know more of his plans for the world, for our lives, to just be fully immersed in all that God intended us to be, which was to be in constant communion with him. That is what, that is what we want. We want to get back to that first love, remembering when we first met Jesus and never ever departing from that place, that he will be our first thought in the morning, our last thought at night, that, you know, almost that we're wearing Jesus glasses, that whatever we do, whatever, you know, we see, everything just goes through the filter of knowing and loving Jesus so that he is the first. And, you know, our words, our actions, the way we make decisions, the way we love people, the way we see people will all be filtered through that I just love Jesus. I know him and my life is becoming more like his. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't, about, I don't know about you, but, you know, when I sink back in my chair and I think, like, what do I want my life to be about? You know, I would, I would love to give my last breath and have example to everybody around me. There's a guy who was just all about Jesus. And not from a, like you were saying, not from a duty 
you know, I must serve him, you know, the first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, but just responding to his beauty, responding to his majesty, responding to his kindness, his gentleness, his, his working, just the, the beautiful, pure um, revelation of who he is. Uh, and I just, I just love, you know, that to not only define my life, but define us as church. Wow, look at those guys. They just love Jesus. They love him. They're like the, they're like the, uh, do you remember how John, uh, who wrote the fourth gospel, described himself? Right the way through, he, he calls himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. He was so proud of being loved by Jesus. That's how he described himself. Not as a prophetic person, not as this, not as that. He was just, he was just I am the guy who Jesus loves. And I, I just love increasingly just to be like that. And for us the church, wow, they are, they are loved by Jesus and they love him back in return. Yeah. I think it's just first things first, isn't it? That our lives are built on him, that our lives are surrendered to him. Those who know me will know that I often talk about a dance with Jesus. And I love to think of my um, relationship with Jesus like that, that he is the bridegroom and he is leading me on this beautiful dance, that I'm his bride, that he's just you know, leading me on this beautiful dance where my eyes are literally on his eyes, where every move I make are just following his lead, that we're so in sync that we are one. It's not two people doing a dance, that th there's one. And yeah, again, that's, that's just what I want for me personally and for us as a church, that we, as the bride of Christ, will be constantly just flowing so intimately with Jesus, with our eyes fixed on him, just that loving gaze, and just seeing the beauty of who he is, of his life laid down for us. And in response to that, we just follow him and lay our lives down for him. Who's in? <laughs> I am, I am love. <laughs> and we're, we're gonna finish with a, with a bit of practicals, aren't we? Just applying how we nurture that in our lives so we're, we're gonna sort of go there um at the end of end of this message um but I, you know i think that's probably all of our hearts desire but i think we just recognize you know 10 months into covid actually we just really feel god wants to just reconnect and to draw really close to us in a powerful way and for our love for him to be renewed out of catching his love for us We'd love that, the Holy Spirit to do that afresh in all of our hearts this morning. And just out of that, Lou, our second point, I don't know if you want me to introduce it or you to, you to introduce it, but this is a lifelong love relationship, isn't it? A lifelong romance with Jesus. And I, don't, I make no apologies for sharing those words. You know, look at the Song of Songs, look at the, the passion that filled the first disciples. Look at how we're called the bride of Christ responding to our bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Um, but cultivating a lifelong love relationship in response to who Jesus is, who the Lord is, who the Father is. Um, can you just talk to us a bit about that? Yeah, just how or how I do that or? Yeah, let, let, let's maybe just move into that. Yeah, I think, I think for me, 
my relationship with Jesus is just not a static thing. You know, again, looking back at the dance, it's not dancing on the spot. It's flowing, it's moving. It's a, it's a constant journey. Um, but I would say as well, just it's as I'm in his presence, as I am just fixing my eyes on him, then I would say just some of the outworking of that is that I become more like him. It's a natural thing that happens. Yeah, I was saying to you earlier, when you sit in front of a fire, you get hot. You know, it changes you. And I feel like that is the same with Jesus, that, that when we spend time with him, because he fills us with his spirit, he produces fruit in our lives. He gives us joy, peace, patience, all those, the fruit of the spirit but he makes us more like him. So it is a, it's a constant journey of um, coming close to him. And as we come close to him, he changes our life. As we love him more, as we surrender, he cultivates uh, more of his life in ours so that we become even more like Jesus. The more we spend time with him, the more he is reflected in our faces, in our words in the actions, in the way we live, um, it doesn't stop, you know, and I think the wonderful thing about Jesus is that you think you can't love him anymore the first time you meet him, you think, wow, if I meet him, if I know more about Jesus, or if I love him more, I'm just going to erupt, but actually, you learn a bit like a marriage, you think, how can I love this person more, but as time goes on, you, you do, you just love them more and more and more and you learn new things every day. And it's like that with the Lord as well. Um, it's constant. You know, there's, there's more and more things to learn about him. He wants to take us deeper and deeper and deeper. So the stuff that he taught us when we first met him, he then takes us deeper in revelation and his character and his nature or his heart for us. So yeah, it never stands still. It's a dance that keeps on going until the moment we see him in heaven. I think you've made a really important point there. You know, I think as Westerners, we're so tuned to focus on performing well and we get excited about doing. You know, 2033 is a really expansive vision that, you know, certainly for the last five years has been lighting up you know, people in church who, who look at parts of it and think, yeah, I'd love to do that. Or, yeah, I'd love to see that. But I think this value, revival starts with me. As you've been saying, Lou, it's really about drawing back and saying all of the outworkings, all of the fruits, all of the doing come out of this simple love for the Lord yeah. that he wants us to have. And, and you know, there are, there are a couple of sobering scriptures aren't there um i can name one do you remember at the sermon of the mount sermon on the mount where towards the end of it jesus um is talking about some incredible people who've been doing some incredible things jesus says um you know at the end of the age if you say to me did we not cast out demons in your name did we not heal the sick in your name and jesus said but be careful that I don't say, but I never knew you. You know, we can do incredible things for him, but actually when all is said and done and all is stripped away, it's really about knowing him and loving him in response to how he knows us and loves us. 
you had a scripture to add in there as well, didn't you? Yeah, I, um, it's a very sobering thought, but it takes us back to the heart of God, I think. Um, it's the bit in the Gospels where Jesus says, um, don't rejoice that the demons flee when you, when you tell them to go, but actually rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. You know, that is the single most important thing, that we have that relationship with him, that we love him. He loves us and he wants, he wants us. You know, he, he wants our whole lives, our whole hearts. That's all he wants first and foremost, is life laid down, just loving who he is. But I think in that, in that sense, the fulfillment of 2033 becomes really simple, doesn't it? Mm. What would it be like if just hundreds and hundreds of us just walked with God so closely, just knew and loved Jesus and were just filled with him as we gazed with our lives at him every day, in every moment, and then all of the outworkings tend to look after themselves, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. So, so let's just buzz a little bit on how do we spend time with Jesus? How do we love him and know him? How do we live lives like that? And just, you know, for you and I, let's just try and be practical and encourage one another um, just in church about how we can actually grow in this. I think I think for me the most important thing that you can't get away with is being proactive and intentional about spending time with him I think you know we pray the prayer in the Lord's Prayer don't we give us today your daily bread and we pray that in terms of provision but also spiritually as well will you nourish me with your word will you nourish me with your presence will you nourish me with your spirit and and I genuinely believe that bread gets stale after like a day or at least a day and a half, two days. It doesn't taste very nice. And what I mean by that is you can't live off last week's um, time with the Lord. You just can't. Yeah. You know, his desire is to nourish us, is to um, satisfy us that we will never hunger or thirst again. That can only be found in him, in spending time with him. So I think for me, I just try and be proactive about spending time with him daily. So I, you know, we're doing daily readings. Um, I'm reading at the moment, the Bible in a year, which I do uh, not every year, but I try and do that. Or sometimes I'll just sit with the whole, with a whole book. So with a book of Ephesians or Philippians, whatever, and I'll read the whole book in one sitting um, and just, just see what he's saying but I think you can't get away from spending time with him again it's a bit like a marriage so I could go and learn about a marriage course I could go and ask other people how do you do your marriage um, but actually how am I gonna love you more James how am I gonna get to know you more is spending time I can't do that in reading someone else's book who've written a book about you. It's about you. And I need to spend time with you. And, you know, and obviously we have God's word that he has given to us. And I think it, it's just so valuable spending time in his word, because that's where we learn who he is, his nature. And um, just praying. I love going for prayer walks. I love just getting out of the house and um 
not with music on, not with talks on, just him. And I often find that's the time where he really draws close and speaks to me. So I love that. That's great. I, I just want to pull out a couple of things um, that I think you were referring to there, which are really important. I think we both feel that number one is there's nothing like starting, just doing it. And also, secondly, not comparing ourselves to others. You know, we might think, well, I'm trying to spend time with God, but I don't feel like Jim Waddell or I don't feel like Lou Decas. But actually, there's no substitute for whoever we are just starting and fueling that life with God, however he wants to connect with us and however that, that, that looks like, you know, for us rather than thinking, oh, I, you know, like you're saying about trying to learn about other people. It's good to learn. It's good to have ideas from other places, but nothing substitute, substitutes spending time with God yourself. And um, I, I don't know whether I should say how I have, should I do that now, my, my morning time? Just because like many of us, you know, we're busy. We've got four children. They're at home with us now. And I think I, I've got to the stage in my life where if I don't have some time with God before the day starts, I know the day won't go as well as God would like it to. And so uh, that's what I've learned over the years, that if I don't spend that time with Jesus, with the Father, before the day starts, I, I, just, I'm, I haven't got that daily bread, that daily sense of, of who he is. So, so for me... I do get up when it's dark before anybody else is awake. I go downstairs and whilst I'm making a coffee, I empty the dishwasher <laughs> and get the, breakfast, get the breakfast things out. And then I go back upstairs with a, a coffee for Lou and a coffee for me. And the first thing I do is I get down on my knees next to the bed and just surrender myself to the Lord afresh and get on my knees and just say, Lord, I love you above all things. You are my heart's desire. You're the pearl of great price that I've given my life to love and to serve. Excuse me. And so my first sort of five, 10 minutes, I'm just pouring out my own heart next to my bed to the Lord. And then I'll crawl into bed, turn the light on um, as Louise is coming round and drink some coffee and get into the word and um, read some scripture, which I'm not building up to a sermon for um, and so for me at the moment, I'm, I'm, uh, been in, um, two places, two Corinthians and Nehemiah. And then, uh, before Louise, um, finally sort of comes around, um, I will then just, just ask father to show me how he sees me and who he is and what he's doing. And then I just love him back and just have, have that time just loving him in return. Um, and then by that stage, Louise is ready. And so we will read a chapter, maybe a couple of chapters. Uh, I'll read it out loud as uh, we come round. Because <laughs> we both find it good to read scripture out. Um, and then, and then we'll, we'll, I'll finish my coffee. And then we'll get up and wake the children up and we're ready for the day. So um, I, I, hope that, I hope that's practical and helpful for people. Just how you have a quiet time you know, with the Lord. And um, that doesn't mean we won't, or I won't tune in to him at other parts of the day, 
but that's just how how I start each day. I think I think it's so easy to live our life with Jesus as an add-on, isn't it? You know, and, and often we don't intentionally do that. Um, but it's so easy in the busyness of life, if you have children, if you're working, for Jesus to be a, a last thought or a second to last thought as opposed to our first thought. And I think we just want to realign that, I think, so that Jesus is our first thought. You know, actually, he even comes before our spouse. If we're married, he comes before our children. He comes before everything. And I think we just want to try and put him back in the place that he longs to be. And he's worthy of being. Um, but it requires intentionality, I think, um, and for us to be proactive in, in doing that. So we, you had a tip we were preparing earlier and you said about, you know, if any of us are married or have children still in the home, yeah. what, what advice might we give to those who feel life is just like, ah, you know, I don't know if I can do that. Yeah, I think it's about caring about each other's relationship with the Lord as well. So not just our own. But, you know, what it what would it look like if I mean, we're different now because we could go out on our own or we could go and spend time on our own because our children are older. But if you have young children, what would it be like if a husband said to a wife, hey, um, you know, at five o'clock today or six o'clock, whatever time suits you, whenever you're free or on a Saturday, do you know what? I'll look after the children even for half an hour. And why don't you just go and spend time with Jesus? Why don't you go and spend time with your first love? Yeah. And if we, if we cared about each other, then we would be proactive with each other as well and being intentional with each other. Hey, go and be with Jesus. Um, so I think that would be really cool for some of our young families. I think just as husbands, that is loving our wives like Jesus loves the church. It's like, I'll take the kids, I'll get dinner ready, you go and have some time with Jesus. And husbands, the wife will return much more full of joy, much more full of peace, and, and everyone will be happier. <laughs> I think it's, it's also true of wives though, isn't it? You know, a, a husband, sometimes when a husband finishes work for the end of the day, if, uh, if the wife is with the children, it's like, right, you can have them, or can you do this, or can you do food? But actually just caring for their spiritual life as well it might mean sometimes, oh, I just want to break. But do you know what? I know how valuable it is for him to spend time with the Lord. So, OK, I'm going to read five more stories and it's all good. <laughs> um, but I value his relationship with Jesus as well. Can we just one final practical and then I think we're going to bring this into land. Just wider than that, for any of us who perhaps live on our own or just are, are not in that sort of raising children zone of life. I think we're passionate about the quality of godly friendships mm. in this area. Do you just want to talk about that? Yeah, I think it's so important to have a running mate or running mates. And hopefully you're all in KFCs and that can be your running group. But I think it's so important to know that we are individuals and, you know, we, we have to cultivate our own relationship with Jesus. But there are times and often times when um, 
we either need each other to pull us up and to help us or to encourage us in the Lord. Or also sometimes it's just amazing having a friend who can just say, oh, what were you thinking about, you know, uh, Ephesians? I, I heard you reading it last week. What was God saying about it? Or should we read Ephesians together this week and, you know, just chat about the stuff that comes up or the, the stuff that Jesus is talking to us about? I think it's just really important to have a running mate to uh, to train together, to uh, yeah, to learn together, to bless, to encourage each other on this journey. Yeah, I think just having the the types of you know, and all taking responsibility for this, just asking one another questions. How's your relationship with God going? You know, what are you, what are you reading at the moment? How how it's going? And and if it's not going well, guys, listen. We've said many times we're a shame-free church, but let's just grow and reconnect. The great thing with Jesus is there's new mercy for every day. So if today's gone badly, tomorrow's a new day. We can start again. But I think we, we're so passionate that in our friendships, we're calling one another on. Here's what I'm learning about the Lord. Here's what, here's what I'm growing in. You know, here's a great book I've been reading. You know, would you, you know let me just share a couple of headlines from it. Um, not in a sort of brash, showy-off way, but just a, wouldn't it be awesome if, if we were just all hungry for the Lord and just growing and just loving him back? And, you know, it might be a good thing in our KFCs to just ask one another, how do you do it? And just sharing how everybody else connects with, with the Holy Spirit and with, with the Lord. Um, and I would say... Find the person in your KFC who you perceive has got the most intimate relationship with God and just ask them how they do it. What have they learned? What, how, have they, how have they done it? How have they done life with God um, and growing that? I, think, so, I yeah. think the final thing I would say, particularly in these days where uh, there's so much noise out there you know, you, you just bump into someone on the street and everyone's got an opinion on everything, whether it's vaccines, whether it's face masks, whether it's Donald Trump, you know, whatever, everyone has an opinion. And I think, you know, probably we've all been swept along with that a bit, you know, even prophetically, everybody has an opinion at the moment. And I think I just want to say in these days, let's our gaze has been like that. Whoa, what's going on? What's happening in the world? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I think Jesus is just wanting us to go, I'm just going to narrow my gaze and I'm just going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm just going to talk to him. I don't need to know everything. I don't need to understand everything. All I need to do, Jesus, is love you, fix my eyes on you. I can trust you and I follow you my whole life. And I think that will bring so much life and so much joy and peace and hope and everything we are looking for elsewhere is all found in Jesus. Come on. Yeah, I, I think just, I was just thinking of, you know, this fam that famous scripture, be still and know that I am God. You know, there's some, there's some great and good messages out there from church leaders, from prophetic people, from... Um, and all of that but do you know the amazing thing about what Jesus has done the new covenant 
is that we don't need a mediator to teach us about the Lord. You know, in Hebrews um, chapter 8, um, the writer of Hebrews picks up uh, a prophecy from Jeremiah 31, which talks about in the new covenant, which we know Jesus has brought, uh, no longer will someone have to teach their neighbor saying, know the Lord. But the scripture says, but we will each know him from the youngest to the oldest. And I think we just want to encourage um, you all. It's good to learn. It's good to grow. But I wonder whether just in our crazy social media world, like Louise said, let's dial down the noise. Let's sit directly with the Lord and ask for his voice, not the voice through somebody else, not the voice through, you know, another church or another prophetic person, but his voice. And the way we test and weigh that is then it's KFC. It's with one another. It's with our, you know, KFC leaders. Hey, this is what I felt God was showing me. This is what he's saying. And then, and then we can just all grow together. So yeah. I think we've probably gone far enough, hun, do you think? I think so, yeah. Do you want to just pray and cover us? Um... Yeah. So all the longings of our heart to see God's kingdom come can only really start to happen when our lives are built upon, are centered, are uh, just all upon the love of Jesus and our relationship with him. And from there, he does the rest. So let's get back to first things first, our first love, and let's cultivate that, be intentional about our relationship with him and he will do the rest. Revival starts with me. Yeah. What would it be like if, if we all just emerged from this COVID season, just walking so closely with God? Mm. Come on, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, so Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you lay down your life for us. We thank you that you came to restore us back to the Father, that we are father's children and uh, i just pray holy spirit that you will stir all of our hearts to long to spend more time in your presence god Jesus. to uh, just the longing of our hearts will be you and you alone that the worship of our life will be in surrender and humility to you and to your lead and um yeah may we be people as individuals but a whole church who can wholeheartedly say that everything is all about you that everything we live for is about our relationship with you and as we do that, just cultivate in us your character, your ways, just who you are, that we will reflect you, Jesus, in our lives and that we will reflect you to those around us. We pray for more of your kingdom to come in our own lives and in our land and in our neighbours and in this area. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So we're going to close up now and ministry and encounter will begin. A great question to carry forward into our week from this might be, what is one takeaway? 
that we are inspired about to put into practice immediately this week. And that might be something that you could share in KFC um, when you next gather. Um, so God bless you. The, may you go with the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May he rest upon our lives and those whom we love and pray for both this day and forevermore. Amen. Chant, go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ, the one we love, 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 and serve forever. Amen. <laughs>